Okay, everyone places. This is the final scene, so let's make this one count. And action. Hello and welcome to Popcorn. I am your host, Kaylee, and joining me as always is my partner in crime, Lulu Bell. Hi, Poppers. I'm excited to be talking about this movie that we're going to cover because it was actually a lot more entertaining than I thought it would be. And that film is Alice Through the Looking Glass. Have I come at a bad time? On the contrary. You are afraid you weren't coming at all. What's the matter? The hatter's the matter. Or the matter of the hatter. The former. No, the latter. Mm. Tweedles. He's mad. The hatter? Mm. Mm. Yes, I know. That's his muchness. That's what makes him so... him. But he's grown darker. Less dafter. Denies himself laughter. Mm. And no scheme of ours can raise any sort of smile. We'd rather hoped you might help us save him. Now, this film is the sequel to Alice in Wonderland, which came out a few years ago with great success. Uh, it stars Maya Wasikowska as Alice, Johnny Depp as the Mad Hatter, Anne Hathaway is in there as the White Queen Murana, and we have Helen and Bottom Carter as the Red Queen, the Queen of Hearts. So they are all returning again in this film with some new faces. Uh, Alice has grown up. She is now captaining her father's ship in the real world and is confronted with this idea that she has to fully grow up. She has to be a lady, which means no more captaining ships. She has to do womanly things. And it's the idea of giving up the the wonder of exploring the world, which coincidentally, the ship she was the captain of was named Wonder. So here she is. She's trying to fight and battle. What is the right path for her. She does not want to give up her adventures and she definitely does not want to give in to her mother who has signed away the ship so they could save their house essentially. Yeah, basically she's being asked to settle down get married, pop out some kids. And it's really not the life that Alice wants to live. She has this sort of like wondrous idealism of what she wants her life to be and it's It's perfectly portrayed in this wonderland that she goes to where anything is possible. And so that was actually really interesting to see the sort of progression of her kind of fighting off what society wants. And then in the end, kind of forging her own path, not falling into the dream, but also not accepting what it is that her mom and everyone else wants her to be. And of course, you know, she goes through the looking glass, as the title says, and has those adventures in Wonderland again. And there's this whole idea, this concept of uh, time and what to do with it, how to value your time, as well as how to value your family. Those are the big overarching themes that are in this film. Right, and kind of the whole metaphor with the, the looking glass of being like retrospective of your own self and what you do uh, or what you want to be or see yourself as. Mm-hmm. So why don't we start with what we liked, what we thought worked? I think what worked the most for me was that they went a little more in-depth into some of the characters. I felt, I mean, it's been a really long time since the first one. It's been six years already, which was a bit of a shocker to me when I looked it up. And I don't remember the first film as much. But one of the things that I liked was that they kind of went back and told a little bit of the backstory 
of the Mad Hatter, the White Queen, and the Red Queen. I think it was really good that they did that because it kind of gave you a full kind of depth into the story and it informed Alice very much as well because everything kind of applied to her and the the idea of going into the past and trying to change things that obviously shouldn't or can't be changed and her trying to cope with that as well and kind of moving on as the other characters learn to move on Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, there there was a lot more character development in this one than in the first one. And I did see the first one, Alice in Wonderland, and I just don't really remember very much. It was it did not leave much of an impression on me. No, it didn't. Yeah. And I feel like for me the same happened with this film, but here's what did work for me. I really enjoyed the acting. This is a really loopy and zany story. I mean, Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, both those tales are a little bit cornball, <laughs> just to put it, <laughs> to put it simply. And they're also told a lot in verse and in rhyme. So fleshing that out into a full feature-like film, you know, is a challenge. And I really appreciated the writing and the dialogue and them slipping in little nuggets here and there from the actual books. Not that I remember them that closely, but there are things here and there that are just, they're so famous, you recognize them. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall and they're like, you know, all my horses and all my men, the, the king says, you know, they go to race off to get Humpty Dumpty together. But I think the other thing that worked for me was just the cast. You know, Johnny Depp, of course, is Johnny Depp. He's made for these really goofball roles. And the Mad Hatter, I think, aside from Jack Sparrow in the Pirates of the Caribbean, is one of his better zany characters that he's done in recent years. And of course, Maya Wasikowska, she's fantastic. I still can't get over her in Crimson Peak from last year. <laughs> and having seen her play Alice, then do Crimson Peak, then go back to Alice. I don't know. I just, I feel like she has matured as an actress and maybe that's just... And it showed. It does. It, she really does come through. I mean, there's a few parts where I was like, eh, a smidge weak, but overall she really was able to carry the film. And, but I have to say, I was shocked and just tickled the cockles of my heart to hear Alan Rickman's voice as Absalom the Butterfly. And he was Mm -hmm. a caterpillar before. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you're here with us, Alan, we miss you. (laughs) Yeah, that was, it was beautiful to see that. And more so because he was this like butterfly that led Alice into the other world. It was just, it was a wonderful moment Mm -hmm. that I thought was very well done. And I don't know, there was something really poignant about him being the butterfly. Now, of course, you know, him mm-hmm. being the voice, that was done well before he was going to pass on. But there, there's just some sort of, in the real world, shall we say, beautiful, just completeness to see him as this blue butterfly flittering off into mm-hmm. the heavens. I'm like, oh, I love that. And we miss you, Alan Rickman. But Mm -hmm. I was shocked to see Richard Armitage in this film. I couldn't get over that. Even though he's not in it for very long, but it's uh, it was great. It was great seeing him. And well, it's great seeing him in anything, even if it's just a short snippet. I I just I love him to pieces. I do, too. I kind of wanted to give him a hug, although I couldn't 
his costume didn't work for me because I just remember how awesome he's looked in other films, namely <laughs> The Hobbit. And of course, the costuming in this film is supposed to be hokey and weird and outlandish. And I'm just like, oh, Richard, you don't look noble at all. But <laughs> there you go. And, and, you know, he also kind of didn't look like he would be the father to the White Queen and the Red Queen. Yeah. I don't it's just, it, it kind of it was weird. I was like, no, you're not that much older than they are. I just, I don't know. I couldn't buy his role too much because I recognize him from other mm-hmm. roles where he's a lot just grittier and he was not supposed to be gritty in this film he Richard Armitage as much as I love him does not have whimsy <laughs> it is it is no, arsenal. he's very serious and he tends to pick very serious roles so this one it kind of felt out of place for him mm-hmm. but you know what I love him so much I'm glad I got to see him something because he's not in a lot of things lately no no I I wonder maybe he's doing stuff on stage or something I haven't I don't stalk my celebrity crushes let's be honest <laughs> now one more or there's actually two more guys i gotta point out andrew scott hello from sherlock oh my gosh i couldn't believe he was in this film and he plays he always plays really wonderful villains i mean he has a knack for like really kind of getting to you with these villainous characters of like oh yes unhinged he plays unhinged Mm -hmm. very well and that's what he was doing in this film which it felt like almost just you know they kind of ripped off his character in sherlock where he played moriarty and it just it felt like moriarty all over again in some weird way and i'm like oh i kind of actually wanted to see him more throughout wonderland i feel like he was not used properly because I used him in the real world and reality instead of in Wonderland. And I was like, ah, he should have been in Wonderland. He would have been a great, I don't know, something. He would have been <laughs> a great psychotic character in there. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And the last actor I just want to point out who I just tickled me the right way was Sasha Baron Cohen. Ah, yes, Co- yes. As time himself. I'm so used to seeing him in like these really uh, like... <sighs> hardcore comedic racy kind of like what's the word raunchy raunchy um comedies you know as borat as who else uh, bruno all all these films that are not meant for children and here yeah a children's film and but you know did a brilliant does, job yeah he does seriousness very well and this one yeah, it's a kid film, but it has its serious moments. And he kind of had this like grounded character where he was kind of like almost like the voice of reason for Alice. He had this sort of like aura to him where it was like you had to take him seriously. But at the same time, you could see that sort of like whimsy in him, that kind of like comedicness trying to come out. I thought he was fantastic. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, now let's move on to the things that we didn't like then that didn't work. And I have a whole stack of them here. I'm just going to stick to a few because as a whole, this film did not work very well for me. So Lulu Bell, why don't you again lead us off? What were the things that didn't work for you? Actually, even though I... I like Johnny Depp I think one of the things that didn't work for me and it didn't work for me in the first movie either is actually his kind of out there-ness I think he went a little too whimsy and it just I don't know I couldn't it was kind of like when I was watching him I was seeing Johnny Depp trying really hard 
to be the Mad Hatter, to be mad. And that was one of the things that uh, I just, it didn't work for me in this one and it didn't work for me in the last mm. one either. Mm. See, I wouldn't have picked that. I mean, personally, I think he, he's tailor-made for the role because he's just a weird goofball anyways. <laughs> uh, what didn't work for me in this film is... It was just so... It's it's meant for kids, and I have to take it with that grain of salt. But I did not think that the story itself really upholded. What you enjoyed, Lulubelle, the getting to know the characters, I felt like, in a way, ended up being a slog, or be like, okay, well, let's actually get to the point of where we're going. And I felt like there was just... There was too much bogging down the actual plot because you had the White Queen and the Red Queen's backstory. Then you had the Mad Hatter's backstory. And then you have Alice's story in the real world. And and I just felt like it was being pulled in too many different directions. And then you got time with his whole deal mm-hmm. and how, you know, he's both kooky and the voice of reason. And I just, I felt like, well, the film is mad, which maybe that's the whole point. It, it's just a bit... It just felt like it was flying by the seat of its pants as far as story was going. And it just, maybe I'm being too harsh, but it didn't work for me. I really was not into into Mm -hmm. that whatsoever. And this whole idea of like, we got to go through all these different time periods. And then we end up at the Red Queen's like fortress where she's like, I'm like, we could have just, I don't know maybe cut out a few of these parts or something. I mean, for for example, why did Alice have to go from the Wonderland back to the real world and then back to Wonderland? Like, that just, like... Oh, yeah, that I did not like either. I, that seemed kind of useless. Even though we got that great Moriarty cameo, it was kind of like, that's unnecessary. And it was a scene that was only, like, two minutes long, and it was kind of pointless. Yeah, because I'm like, well, why? It, it, it made no sense. It did not need to be there. And it was just those little instances like that. And I was just like, well, it, it, it just was... Like I said, I felt like it, it's kind of fallen apart as it goes along. And I felt the same very much with the first Alice in Wonderland. But kids love this stuff. It's bright, it's colorful, it's zany. So I'd highly recommend it if you have young children where they're not going to be as picky about story and all of that stuff like me. I'm turning into a fuddy-duddy Lulu Bell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's just... Uh, for me, it, it was the actors, it was the cast that upheld it. And the fact that I appreciate the writing and so far as it is difficult to convert Lewis Carroll's works into film. But no, I never read through the looking glass, so I have no idea if this follows the book at all. But it was just kind of like, nah, did we really need a second one after the first one? Maybe not. But this just is going in with Disney's uh, and Hollywood's in general. Let's beat a franchise until we can't get any more money out of it. Mm-hmm. kind of concept mm-hmm. and I'm just like eh, give me something else please <laughs> so yeah time time for the food rating so Lulubel, what what's your food rating uh my food rating for this is gummy bears because they're sweet they're gooey they're mushy they're very enjoyable but if you have too many you'll get really sick of them um <laughs> so I think I liked it I I like the stuff, some of the stuff of the story that you didn't like, 
but I kind of tend to like non-linear stories so that it didn't bother me that they were going through all of these different motions. Um, I do agree that there were some moments where it could have just been kind of simplified, but overall I really liked it. But it's not really, it's not a movie that I would like to watch again. It's kind of those once and done kind of deals, which is rather unfortunate because, you know, you'd think that every Disney film should be wanted to, should, um, what is it? Timeless. Yeah, should be timeless and you'd want to watch it all the time. But unfortunately, this is not one of them. And for me, I sticking with the candy theme, for me, Alice in Wonderland is like cotton candy. It's light, it's colorful, it's sweet, and it's got absolutely no substance whatsoever. You might as well just be sucking <laughs> in air, sugar-coated air. That's what Alice Through the Looking Glass is. And quite honestly, that's what Alice in Wonderland is. The only difference is, is that Alice in Wonderland might be the pink cotton candy and Alice with the Looking Glass might be the blue cotton candy. But let's just be real. It's just sugar fluff anyways. So <laughs> that's it for this episode, Poppers. And if you want to catch more film reviews, you can check us out on our website at popcorn.weebly.com. We got cast interviews. We got our guest reviewer, Eric. He sent us a review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I have not seen. Uh, Lulu Bell, have you seen it? No, I have not. And I will not. I'm sorry. I do not like that <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think I'm going to skip that one too. I I'm kind of attached to the old ones, like from the early 90s or whatever it was. I'm not in... <laughs> as cheesy as those are, those are kind of <laughs> Those my... ones were legit. I'm not sure about this one. I so Yeah, those are my kids' memories. I'd rather stick with those. <laughs> Talking about another franchise that's being beaten to death. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but there you go. And don't forget to drop us a line either on Facebook or Twitter. Also, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave us we're some on stars. Yes! And leave us some stars, recommend us to your friends, and stay tuned. Our next foreign film feature is coming out soon. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.